All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're watching Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchak. Your one-stop shop for all things Oilers. We're, uh, we're going to have to learn to love Corey Perry. Let's get into it with the lead. Why is my voice so raspy? Why am I out of breath? Well, that's because you just ran up a flight of stairs. Two. I'm such an athlete. Athlete. Uh, welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, where we've hit 20,000 subs. Come on, pump it up. Uh, we are coming to you live from the Sports Closet Studio, sportscloset.ca, to check out everything they can bring you to up your fan game a little bit. Uh, welcome in. <laughs> oh, man, Liam, I am I am hurting this morning. I don't know about you, but oh, I haven't. <laughs> we had a good time. We had a good time over the last couple of days in Jasper. Uh, big, big yeah. shout out to our friends at Booster Juice Tourism Jasper and Betway for making it all possible. Uh, possible. Hospital. I feel like I need to be in a hospital right now. Um, and Liam, we'll talk about the pond hockey tournament a little bit, uh, a little bit later on. But there is so much ground to cover right now. First off, yes, the Oilers are going to be holding a press conference with Corey Perry and Ken Holland. You can just keep it locked here on this show, though. We'll give you any big quotes that sort of come out throughout all of that. Um, but Corey Perry is an Edmonton Oiler. Liam, what was your reaction when you kind of saw the report starting to break yesterday, and then this morning when it became official? Um, happiness. Yeah, you're happy. I'm very happy about Should this be. deal. I think Ken Holland has done a good job of getting Perry in here, and it it meant the Oilers didn't have to spend any assets. And you can talk about who Corey Perry is now and all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, 
probably better than three guys you always have in the bottom six. So big upgrade in the bottom six today. A guy that can also play in your top six too, if you ever really need him to. Bit of a Swiss Army knife. They needed help on the right side of their depth chart, right? And Corey Perry is or should be an impactful piece. Like this isn't just a guy who you're bringing in because he's a name and you want some leadership. Like this is a guy who can still play. He was scoring at a 20 goal pace before his contract was terminated mm. by the Chicago Blackhawks. He was playing close to 15 minutes a night. Nine points in 16 games is not a small accomplishment. He is going to wear number 90 with the Edmonton Oilers as well. We did learn that. And when you look at the Oilers right side, it's Zach Hyman, who's having just a mind blowingly good season. There's Warren Fogle, who has had very good stretches, but has been, let's call a spade a spade. He's been inconsistent yep. this year. And, and the knock on Fogle has always been that he's inconsistent. You got Derek Ryan, Below him, probably not a guy you want playing on your third line. I'll go that mm-hmm. far. And Connor Brown has largely stunk, especially from a production standpoint. So what do you do with a couple of pieces who are inconsistent and one guy who just hasn't got his footing? Add a layer of depth to that. And to do it for basically free, 775 k against the cap to begin with. That's great. There's a $250,000 bonus in there as well. Okay, who cares? Whatever. Um, it's not ideal, but it, like if that's what it was going to take to get Corey Perry, then you you don't let it stand in the way. To confirm, sorry, that goes on next year, unless you can afford it this year. Okay, so there's a possibility. Yeah, there's a ton going on there. Is it? And it's to so people know he has to play ten games. Yeah, Ken Holland. Uh, remember, everyone ripped him for giving the ten game bonus to Connor Brown, and oh, he said, man. "I'll do it again." <laughs> I, I don't care what you think of Ken Holland. <laughs> yeah. I won Stanley Cups 20 years ago. I know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think it's a slam dunk for every perspective. And listen, I, I did my instant analysis video and I kind of said, like, the Oilers have a history of doing this. You can go back to the McTavish thing. You can look at Cassie and Kane in recent in, or more recent examples. But let me just also say that I don't think Corey Perry comes in with as much controversy. No, like, Evander Kane had a lot going on. There was the fake COVID thing. There were the legal battles, everything. The rumors of him and talk that he's not a good teammate and he wears out his welcome in a hurry. Like Mm -hmm. there was way more with Evander Kane. Even with Zach Cassian, there was kind of a lot more. That was a guy who had been cast away from basically two organizations by that point and just couldn't get his act together. With Corey Perry, it's not on that level. So for the, like, someone today in the DFO live thing was like, I can't believe the Oilers are okay with adding another despicable member or despicable person to their organization. It's like, hold up. No one knows what he did. And unless you know what he did, I don't think you can really come out and say he's a bad person or like even I'm just saying this to kind of say, I I think the talk of even when I did it, I kind of felt like it's not right. Linking him to guys like Cassian and Kane or Kane that's almost not fair to Corey Perry because it's not on that level. Right. So if you're worried about him, like what throwing off the chemistry of this locker room, I mean, if first off, if this locker room can survive the the additions they have and and be fine and strong through it. Sure. Also like, let's stop treating these guys like they're kids. Right. I mean, Connor McDavid, Leon Drysaddle, new time and nurse. These are legitimate bone. Matthias Eichholm bonafide. NHL veterans and everyone in that group except Ekholm has now been playing their entire NHL careers together for the most part, right? So the idea that this is like, ooh, some fragile locker room that uh, Perry might disrupt and what? No, it's a free addition. It's a damn good player and a guy who's going to help in an area where you need help. No brainer. Well, I think Mainlander Tim put it uh, put it well in the chat there. Perry is a dirtbag on the ice, but not in the locker room. Hundred percent. Guys man. like him, like yep. he, 
There's a reason he, he goes to these good teams every season, right? Like, I think we're going to get some answers in this press conference. I don't think we'll obviously get all the details because that's not going to come out. But this is the first time Corey Perry's face music, I guess you could put it, since the, the, whatever happened happened and he got released by Chicago. So we're going to find something out today, probably within the next, the, the, the duration of the show, I would assume. We can talk about it then. But for now, I think this is a fantastic signing for the Edmonton Oilers. I think, like uh, Greg mm-hmm. has said there, I believe the addition of Holloway too is is massive. And this bottom six just got a lot, lot better for a team that is currently on a 13-game win streak. I got two goals from that bottom six on Saturday. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about the game because there's, there's just so much for us to get to today on the show. Uh, but first, I want to give a, a little bit of time to what you're all saying over in the Boosters YouTube chat. Liam, you see that number there? Look how many people are watching the show. Oh, I'm sorry you're catching me out of breath. Yeah, well, that's all right. And I sound like a bag of shit. Um, but the, the, the YouTube <laughs> chat is brought to you by our friends at Booster Juice. I am going to need one of those bad boys today. But they did keep us powered all weekend out at the Jasper Pond Doggy Tournament. Visit a location today to re- refuel, refresh, and re-energize. I need all three of those. And you can also download the new Booster Rewards app to earn, order, and enjoy um, the tournament was a blast this weekend. Liam and I were enjoying our booster juice out there. Uh, let's get into what you're saying. Someone earlier asked me if Corey Perry can kill penalties. Um, so last season, he played 81 games with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Guess how long he spent in 81 games on the PK? In Tampa Bay? Yeah, in 81 games. More or less than Derek Brassad. Uh, Corey Perry spent 15 seconds on the penalty kill in 81 games in 16 games with the Chicago Blackhawks this season. He did not step foot on the ice in a shorthanded situation. He, he probably doesn't have the foot speed no. to play there. And like, you look at the guys who are on the penalty kill for the others right now. Like Connor Brown has been an effective penalty killer because he yep. can, he can play with good quickness in his game. Yeah. Uh, the last time Corey Perry played more than 10 minutes on the PK in a season was 2014, 15. So no, Perry not going to be a guy who's going to come in and uh, and help kill penalties. So don't look at him for that. Um, yeah, hey, I read your quote. Oh, we got quotes coming. Yeah, Let's I'm go. I'm bringing him in. I'm bringing him in. Well. Okay, I got one from Connor McDavid on on Corey Perry. Obviously, a guy that has tremendous amount of experience. He's won. He's been right there year after year, and he brings a lot of experience, a lot of leadership, and a lot of intangibles. Mm-hmm. You just can't teach a great ad for us. Oilers, uh, what does this one say? McDavid on playing against Corey Perry. Oilers fans got a good memory of what it's like to play against Corey Perry. He's all over the ice. He's just a gamer. You can't teach that kind of experience. Uh, you can't replicate that on other guys. He's done it all. Connor McDavid's a fan. These deals don't happen without Connor McDavid. Yeah. Uh, I don't darn care it. what Jeff Jackson says. We all know it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Zach Lang on Twitter has all of these things going out. Um, so the Oilers are starting to speak a little bit. Like again, if you think this is going to sit here and if you if you think this is going to sit here and disrupt the room at all in a negative way, it's not. I think it's going to fire these guys up. The corresponding move was already made today with Adam Ernie going on waivers, so he's presumably going to clear and be sent down to Bakersfield. So listen, and like no disrespect to Adam Ernie, but do you think there is a single player in that locker room who's sitting there going, God, I'm excited for Perry, but boy, we're going to miss the urn dog. Like, <laughs> no, he's a 14th, 15th forward. This is what happens. The more interesting question, Liam, and it's our Sherwood Ford giant question of the day brought to you by Sherwood Ford. 
Ca. You can check them out for their extensive inventory of new and used vehicles. Uh, I took the nation truck right out to Jasper. It drove like a beauty. You can ask our other producer, Pat Puff. You sprawled out in the back with all the room he had. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, you big can. weekend for Pat. Yeah, big miss weekend. Bowling, though. Miss bowling. Um, our question is, who comes out of the lineup when Corey Perry's ready to return? And let me add, I think the general sense here, surprised if he plays tomorrow, expect him to play against the Hawks on Thursday. Really? Yeah. First game against the Hawks. Interesting. You know, I went through this exercise with a few of my friends earlier today, and I'm looking at it. And there's one man, I'm very curious. What if the guy that comes out is Matthias Janmark? So I'll give you my lines that I had. Okay. So obviously the top six stays the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, your third line, and I know the hands don't 100% make sense on this, but you go something along these lines of Derek Ryan, McLeod, Perry, Gagne, Holloway, Brown. Derek Ryan with McLeod and Perry. Yeah. Holloway, Gagne, Brown. You could, if you really, really wanted to, switch Holloway and, and Ryan and have Holloway on the left wing, Brown, uh, Ryan down the middle. Yeah. I just know the foot speed's not there. And I'm trying to spread that out a little bit. With that said, I know I put Ryan and Perry together, but that's kind of how I would do it, which leads me to a question I will ask you before. Sure. With the take I had. Do you remember when I said I want to tease you with a take? Mm-hmm. You want me to tell you? Yep. What if the Oilers just go, what if the biggest need now for the Oilers is a third line left winger? Uh, you have your middle, then McDavid, Drysaddle, McLeod, Holloway. A lot of offense so, right down the gun there. Yeah. When I look at the lineup, for me, the biggest hole is that left wing spot at the moment. Because even if you move uh, Van de Kane down, you're missing someone there. Then McLeod goes up, blah, blah, blah. You kind of rotate a lot of things. But do you want to keep that spine? And McDavid, so Drysaddle, Holloway at 4C? Yes. Yeah. And then. Your left wing spot. What do you think? I'm looking at a guy like Texie. So, yeah, I mean, so you're focusing more on just the bottom six. Let me hit you with something, okay? All right. Top line has to stay the same best line in hockey. 100%. What if you were to reunite Drysaddle, McLeod, and Kane? Or sorry, Drysaddle, McLeod, and Fogle? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Holloway, Kane, Perry. Holloway, Kane, Perry. Yeah. Brown, Yanmark, Derek Ryan. Move Derek Ryan back to center. Yeah, I see that too. I just think the offense is actually quite well spread out. I think Ryan McLeod right now is showing that he actually can drive a line a little bit and create chances. Yeah. Right? We've seen that last Toronto Saturday against uh, Calgary as well. He had a huge goal. I just wonder if they want to put that responsibility on McLeod a little bit more and be like, this is your spot, man. We're going to get you a left wing out to play with. I think Kane has got a little bit better these last few games. Would you agree? Yeah. Fogel has his moments. I think him and Drysdale are actually a really good pair together. And the market seems to be better for someone in the bottom six on that left wing than mm-hmm. getting a third line center. So someone brought up a good point in uh, in the chat here. Is dangerous way. He said, can't imagine they sacrificed the PK over five on five in the bottom six. So if just looking at who's played the most minutes on the PK this year for forwards, Nuge is number one, 78 minutes. Derek Ryan, 72. Yanmark, 61. Okay. McLeod also at 61. Fogel or Connor Brown at 59, Fogel at 39, Drysaddle 37, then you get all the way down to McDavid at 23. So if you exclude McDavid and Drysaddle, the Oilers have basically had six somewhat regular PKers yep. so far this season. If you wanted to take Yanmark out of the lineup, 
when you have to go down a man, you still have Nuge, Derek Ryan, got McLeod, you got Connor Brown, you have Fogel. You could, in a pinch, use one of McDavid or uh, or a Leon Dreisaitl. But even with taking Yanmark out and replacing him with Perry, you still sit there and have five guys who you can rely on to kill penalties. And another thing too, people are saying like, "Oh, Gagne might be the odd man now." Is that? But Gagne has those moments where he just like Gagne has six goals this season, right? Yeah, like and again, Yanmark a lot of gone. them like that one goes off the glove. But like, who cares? Man? No one else has done that. No, you know, like yeah. he's, he's finding chances for himself. And I think that really, really means a ton to this team. And, and what did they call him? Papa, Papa Clutch? Papa yeah. Oiler, whatever it was. Daddy Clutch. I don't know, something like that. I think That's it was awesome. Papa Clutch. I don't know. I think it's an interesting little debate now. I'm curious to ask uh, Frank when we get him on this week what he thinks of that change, change of pace. Papa Oiler. Papa, Papa Oiler. Oiler. Oh, my God. Like, come this. on. You want what this guy? Finish. Boom. No one else banks it like that. I mean, and I love watching him celebrate too. Look how fired up he is. Like that guy vibes alone. I know it <laughs> makes so much sense to sit him. And I know I just gave you guys a run of line combinations where we take Sam Gagne out of the lineup. You're telling me you don't want that guy playing night one of the playoffs. You're freaking insane. Another layer to this too is, so he, he missed obviously <laughs> time getting injured. Comes back into the lineup, gave him a little extra space to, to give him a bit more time to get back into it. Remember earlier in the year too, I'm sure it was against Vegas. He was out for like a few games. They put him back in the lineup. And what does he do? Scores a huge goal that sparks a bit of a comeback there, you know, and gets the others going. I just don't see how you can't play with this guy. Like, and obviously this guy's in this lineup. Watch Perry, 36. Gagne's 34, 35, whatever. But, Derek Ryan. That's what old. Final Buzzer just said. Papa Oiler's five years younger than Corey Perry. <laughs> <laughs> there are, from Scott Wheeler, there are two players in the NHL on pace to score 20 goals and 40 points while averaging under 11 minutes a night. Two players in the whole NHL on pace for 2020 seasons under 11 minutes a night. Gagne and Corey Perry? No, it's Gagne and Nick Robertson in ah, Toronto. But Gagne is one of the two, man. Like, it's <laughs> insane. Like, he he is productive. And, and as much as he doesn't have the boots anymore, and, and you can argue he can't play center anymore, whatever, the guy has a touch. And the guy has a nose for the net. And the dude loves being an oiler. So, like, you know, yeah, like you're obviously agree. never, I don't think there's a point where you send him back down to Baco. Never. I think you need him for the vibes and to be in the locker room. And, and I think he brings a lot of value even when he's not in the lineup. But, and, and Cole Rogers said this, and I've said it a bunch of times too. Home games, it's like baseball where guys only play certain games based on who's pitching. Gagne <laughs> plays at home and he's out for the away games. And, and I'm so in on that. Play him every single time you're at home. Put him on a fourth line that is almost purely <laughs> offensive because you can pick your matchups that way on the road. Get guys who you can rely on it for the full 200 feet. See, people are kind of picking on Connor Brown a little bit in this chat too. He was good again last game. I think he's had like maybe four games in a row where he's, he's been up. really good. Another layer to this as well is you almost need Connor Brown in that bottom six now because you need his speed. You need that element yeah. of quickness out there, right? Like, like I said, like you got these older guys now who I think you can just rotate in ninety nine out. That can be your healthy guys, whatever. But like I think Connor Brown is actually quite an essential part to the success of this bottom six. Like got robbed the other night too, right? Was mm -hmm. the Holloway found him there? Vladar, big save. So there's a lot of a lot of things going on, but a lot of positive things. Like and even even now that Perry's here, like the the depth this organization has been able to build a little bit too. Now in Bakersfield, you have Adam Ernie, James Hamlin, who's playing games, Lavoie, like heck, 
Greg Kajula is having a great season in Bakersfield. That's yep. just four players deep right there. Like a lot of a lot of layers of depth in this organization now, and still a couple of pieces to go, of course. But this is Ken Holland being being active, proactive. Over the course of this 13-game winning streak with Connor Brown on the ice, the Oilers have outscored the opposition 3-2. So, um, you know, it's over this heater, there there have been guys contributing, there have been guys not. But the guys who aren't contributing at least aren't killing this team, right? Well, look at the penalty kill. Yeah, 92.5. You know who's part of it. You know who's a big part of that? It's Connor Brown. Like I'll pull up the numbers here really quick. But in that in this run, again, since that Rangers game when this whole thing started, Connor Brown has every single game played at least one shift on the PK. In most of the games, he's been above 90 seconds on the PK. He's only been on the ice for one goal against on the PK. Like so again, he's bringing he's bringing you value. And again, if you want to bring Perry in and swap out Brown, it's similar to the Yanmark debate. Like they could survive it. But I'm also down to let's let's just keep rolling Connor Brown out there, man. It's almost at the point where like you got nothing to lose. Um, yeah, Riley says he's down on his luck. He is down on his luck. Like he's going to score at some point, and I do think at some point the floodgates are going to open a little bit for Connor Brown. I understand it's frustrating. I understand it's to an extent lame to even sit here and like try to make the case for it. But still, I think you keep Connor Brown. James is in the chat says I love Brown on the PK. I do too. So I think you keep him there for a little bit. Um, so, yeah. do you have uh, something else you want to jump to right away? There was a comment earlier on that I wanted to, to bring up. It was okay. right at the start um, on the DFO rundown. Okay. Frank brought up the possibility of moving Campbell again. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Adarath that, uh, that brought it up. What do, you, what do you think of that? Like, he's actually been playing really well. I think he was Maynard. He just put it in there. He's like a 920 and he's like 10 or 11 in Bakersfield. Like, he's... He's coming around. The the news around him has really calmed down because the others have been winning a lot of games now. Like yep. I don't think they should bring him back because I think Calvin Pickard has been perfectly fine in the position. Also, you kind of need his dead cap a little bit too. Yeah, you're, save, you're saving you're saving four hundred thousand bucks on the cap. Yeah. So what do you think? Like, do you think that's becoming more and more of a possibility? And do you think? I believe Frank worded it. Don't call me on this, but like it's kind of the move the others have to make. Mm-hmm. It's all a part of our rumor roundup and it's brought to you by our friends at Fitting Cat. Improve productivity and efficiency with equipment you can rely on if you need a part. It's never been easier with Fitting Cat's online service. Invest in the future of your business. Check out the latest at Finning.com. Frank did bring that up and here's where I come out on that. And the reason why I think this Corey Perry thing is an absolute slam dunk. You needed... yeah. Well, that more would be of a three. Yeah, more of a three-pointer. I'm more of an alley-oop guy. Is it because he looks like this in Oilers colors? D cards did say he looks good in Oilers blue. He actually does. It, that's not weird to look at for me. Well, it great. It was just, it's just Tampa Bay. That's a good point. <laughs> we um, before people. But sorry. <laughs> so here was my problem before with the whole Jack Campbell thing. You're going to have to attach, in my belief, two premium assets to the guy okay. to get rid of him. How would you label a premium asset? For example, Broberg in a first? Yeah. Okay. Borgo in a first, something right. like that, right? Like a guy you took in the first round plus a first rounder or something along those lines. And my problem with that before was like, okay, you need a third line center. You need help on the wings. You need a defenseman. And to do all that, you were in this conundrum where to do all that, you needed Jack Campbell's cap space. But to get rid of Jack Campbell's cap space, you need to spend all your assets. And guess what? How are you going to fill all those spots via trade if you've spent all your assets trading for Jack Campbell? Right. You've now gotten a freebie in Corey Perry. 
cost you basically nothing against the cap because you swap his cap it for Ernie and it basically or it did cost you nothing assets wise. And he's going to fill a, you know, a somewhat sizable hole here in your lineup. You have Dylan Holloway coming up. They're clearly running him at center. If Dylan Holloway shows in the next, however long here month that he can play center at the NHL level and be dependent on, that's another hole you've in a way filled for free. So now I'm sitting there going, if you want to dig a big swing at some point, you need to move on from Jack Campbell because you need that money. There's also the idea of if you can get rid of Campbell's cap it now and only spend $2 million of that money from now to the end of the year. Maybe it's because you get a Monaghan and another cheap defenseman like a Nick Sealer, although he's kind of going to come off the block right away when he resigns. But mm. <clears throat> if you can do it with two cheap assets and you get rid of Campbell, all of a sudden, maybe you can pay Perry's bonus and you can pay some of Connor Brown's bonus and your overtures for the summer aren't bad and you're out of the Campbell contract and it's like you double dipped and all of a sudden you have an extra, let's call it what it is, it'd be an extra $8 million next summer because you've paid off your bonuses for this season as well. There's such a big part of upside of doing this now that you've gotten Perry for free. I, I think they need to go pedal to the floor trying to get Campbell off the books. And you know, last week, I'd kind of pivoted a little bit to the whole, you know, maybe... It'll be too hard to move Campbell. You need to save some assets. You need to get an asset back. Let's do the move Kulak, get Broberg thing up here. Save your two million bucks that way. Get a third round pick for moving on from Brett Kulak. Use that pick to go out there and get some wing depth. Use your second rounder to go get Monahan. Use a fourth and a prospect to go get a depth defenseman and boom, make things work that way. But now that you've gotten Perry for free, I think you can aim a little bit higher with your next set of additions. And if you're going to aim higher, just the $2 million from Kulak isn't enough. You need more from a guy like Campbell. Or you do both. But again, I'd be worried. No, actually, no, I'm not even worried about roster surgery because Campbell stinks and Brett <laughs> Kulak. I mean, I, I, think you can, I think you can give Broberg those minutes and, and be okay as long as there is another vet added to be your seven. Where's, what's Chris Russell up to? He'd be free. Bring him back. Hanging at the Carolina or Carolina rodeo, probably. Nah. I would assume. Seems busy then. Hmm. Lots of digester from you, Tyler. Yeah, it's like Curtis is in. I'll let you think for a second and I'll read a few of these. Kulak is a solid 3D. Hard to replace that. Broberg sucks. Okay, Curtis, here's where I'll push back on two things. One, Broberg doesn't suck and he's playing some of the best hockey of his career right now in Bakersfield. Kulak is a solid third D. Yes, but he makes $2.75 million and it might be a luxury the Oilers can't afford. Hard to replace that. No. I would argue one of the easiest spots on your roster to replace is a third pairing left defenseman. Well, they did it last season when they just brought up Vinny. Yeah, they brought up Vinny, third pairing, right yeah, D man, boom, problem solved. Like it, it's not hard to replace your third pairing left defenseman, and they have a built in guy in, Bre- in Philip Broberg right there. So, so I, I was thinking about the Campbell thing when uh, we were doing the rundown yesterday. And the trade that's obviously always brought up is the Cal Peterson one. Yeah, and the, the layer to it is that they never had to give a first round pick, but they had to keep two million in Provorov. But Provorov's deal is done at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They also got off Sean Walker as well. I wonder if there's a way the Oilers could hypothetically keep the two million, but spread it across the three years. You know what I mean? Like Rather keep than two million like, a Campbell's cap it, you, but not every year. No, yeah, just the three years has to be every year. No, no, no. But you like figure it out that it's like oh, you like take a contract by back. three. And be like, okay, what's what's two million divided by three, Aaron? 
It's like seven hundred thousand yeah, so dollars. Why? Why does Aaron? Because he wasn't looking. He wasn't Everything. looking. I wanted to catch him. <laughs> no, Turf, I don't think we've ever once relied on Aaron to do math for us on the show. We're not starting now. So yeah, you do like seven hundred thousand, seven hundred k, and you spread that across the three years rather than being like we're keeping two million every mm-hmm. year to try and keep the money better for the Oilers. You know what I mean? No, I actually really am confused by what you're Why? saying. Why? You keep, so there's two million spread across the three years. So you divide two million by three, which is about 700, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, blank, we're going to keep this percentage of Jack Campbell, which makes it this much, which is the equivalent of the two million of the Provorov deal. But we'll do it across three years rather than one year. Sorry, I was sending the link. I down. think I get what you're Tyler, saying. Yeah, there you go. I think I do. Tyler Mew like makes makes sense. Said he makes sense. I think that makes sense. Yeah. So you, I took a minute for you. Thank so you. like the Oilers, the Nashville Predators just kept 250 grand from Ekholm's deal, which was like 4%, right? Yeah. That's what the Oilers should just do with Campbell. If they have to similar move Similar to the Pro- Similar to yeah. the Pro Rod to keep it an equivalent deal. Mm. So then hypothetically, you don't have to give up your first round pick. Like maybe it's not as expensive because the others are keeping a little bit, but it's not going to be back breaking money. Whereas yeah. like, shit, we're keeping 2 million a camel for the it's next it. three years. Like, I am okay damn. with them keeping money as long as it is better than the buyout. And guess what? It pretty much will be. Well, I said too, I think a few weeks ago, um, if you keep his, whatever his dead money is, Oh, yeah, like you're just saying, it don't keep two million, keep six hundred sixty-six thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, so, that's all I was trying to say. Yeah, you're just Please. trying to make it a more direct comparable to the Peterson deal. So I get it. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yes, mm-hmm. that's exactly it. Bang on, big guy. I now I'm glad we got here. I just, you know, it's going to be such an interesting couple of weeks because you're right. Now that Harry's come in and Holloway's healthy and if is proven that he is probably good enough. To, he had a lot of created a lot of good opportunities I thought on Saturday mm-hmm. if he keeps that kind of rolling he's got a couple of weeks here of grace period to see if he can actually do it there's a few holes there well and he just got to like so here's the next question for you do you big swing and you may have answered this sorry do you big swing on adding a forward someone put in the chat as an equivalent of you get the Barbashev for dry sidle not Barbashev but someone like that or do you go out and get a better defender I, I honestly am starting to get pretty torn on this whole thing. Yeah, me too. Because so I think like, blue lines, like we're on a 13 game win streak here. Nothing could bring me down besides a loss. Even so, a loss probably wouldn't bring me down all that much if we're being like, honest. You look at that blue line, it's like, that's actually pretty good. And I wonder if you can get just another forward to help them score a bit. And if, for example, if we saw it last season, three of the Oilers key forwards yeah. and dry in the playoffs. And so Adarath brings up a good point. What's the upgrade on CC? I don't see an obvious one. Like again, last year, Ekholm popped up and it was unanimous. Analytics guys, old school guys, casual fans, diehard fans. You knew Matthias Ekholm's name. You knew he was really damn good and he filled the spot they needed perfectly. So they went out and got him. Is there that guy right now out there? Chikrin, no. Dante Fabro, hell no. Brett Pesci, probably not going to be available. Again, like there's there's just not that someone's saying Pat Maroon, he's not a defenseman. Um, so not good enough to <laughs> Ivan Provorov. No, I, I don't think so. Is he the seriously the one going to the All-Star game for Columbus? Good lord. Um, Sean Walker, not an upgrade on Cody CC. And the other thing here is I need it to be a slam dunk upgrade. 
and I see he's not a top two. I agree he's not, but you know what he is? He's comfortable with Darnell Nurse, and Darnell Nurse is comfortable with him. They played together for two seasons. If you're going to go disrupt that, you need to make sure that player is so freaking good. Someone just said Ristolainen. It's Brinkass, you know, Brinkass, you know, I love you. You are a diehard commenter. I'm this close to banning you for suggesting. <laughs> I, I can't stand Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, there is no way. So I don't know. Like Pesci or Bus. Like, I, why is Carolina going to do that? Like, I, I don't think so. I think the Oilers have got to show a lot of patience here. And we do too, obviously. Yeah. But there's a lot of teams in the Western Conference right now that are really going to have to lock themselves in the mirror in a couple of weeks and be like, are we good enough to make the playoffs? And if we are good enough to make the playoffs, are we good enough to be any of the top seven teams that make it? Because I think the look at it is Calgary, Seattle, Minnesota, St. Louis, Nashville, and I miss Seattle. Many. Yeah. It's probably about six teams. Arizona, there is Arizona. And they're all fighting for one spot. Yeah, and it's, and it's the old, it'll be a waste of time for whoever gets in, in that eight seed. So whoever kind of decides at that point, similar to what St. Louis did last season, they're like, hey, like we're not going to do this to ourselves and waste potentially a lottery draft pick. Uh, okay, Johnny Lazarus is here. We're going to get to him in a second. But first, I just want to say a uh, good quote. Zach Lang put it out there. Chris Knobloch on when he sees Corey Perry playing. I think it's important he practices with us for a while. The timeline is not definite, but I think the best is practicing for a week and possibly playing that Saturday game against Nashville. That's just a timeline, not definite. So um, there you go. Maybe not Thursday against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. Could be as late as Saturday for Corey Perry in terms of his debut with the Oilers. Going to practice for a week like he did today. Here's what we're going to do for our next segment, Liam. We're combining two segments, putting them into one. My game. No, not your game. Good Lord. No. Um, we got our weekend recap for Greta, your go-to pre and post game spot. Okay. Going to watch the game. You're leaving the game. Go to Greta. Keep the good times rolling. If you need somewhere to watch the game, their TV setup is elite. We're going to take the weekend recap. We're going to combine it with our star mechanical guest line and our boy, Johnny Lazarus. You can watch him Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. Eastern, 7 o'clock Mountain on Morning Cup of Hockey with our boy, Colby Cohen. We'll probably get on to someone as well. Johnny, welcome back to the show. How are you doing, big guy? What's going on, fellas? I'm doing good. I'm freezing my ass off my apartment. The boiler broke, so there's no hot water, no heat, but uh, we're, st- we're grinding away, you know? The same thing happened to me a few weeks ago. And I was brutal. in the house in the morning and showered, yeah. but it was a massive inconvenience to, to, yeah. like, to have it. There. It was brutal. <laughs> if the seasonal depression isn't enough, like this just makes it 10 times worse, you know? There's nothing worse than waking up in the morning, turning on a shower and thinking, I'm going to have a nice hot shower to just kick off my day. <laughs> And next thing you know, you've just got this fountain of ice dripping down your back. <laughs> Apparently the Kansas City Chiefs had to do that last night. Oh, yeah. Hey, nope. Not talking football. <laughs> not talking about the football game yesterday. We are going to talk about some hockey news. Hey, Johnny, I'm just interested for your opinion as an outsider here. Um, Corey Perry to the Oilers. What do you think of that fit? I mean, I said it today on our show. Like, I don't have a strong opinion on it. Like, I think Edmonton right now is rolling. I don't think they really needed a change this second. You guys are closer to it than I am, so you would know better than me. But yeah, is Corey Perry a good ad? Of course. Uh, is it something that they needed? Like, I don't think it was so necessary, but uh, anytime you get someone that's, you know, a, a veteran like him, that's won a Stanley Cup, that's been on teams that have been to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, of course, I think it's more positive than negative. But again, they're, you know, not to get into his personal life, but there are things that come with it, right? So, um, you know, is it a needed drama for the Oilers to have? Probably not. 
but I think I can make an opinion on it after like three or four games when I finally see how he fits. But again, like it's not something that I feel so strong about where I'm like, oh my God, great move for the Oilers or oh my God, what are they thinking? You know, I think actually Liam McHugh had a really good tweet last night and it was not his quote directly. He was quoting Charles Oakley, a former NBA player who said, if it ain't broke, don't break it. And, uh, you know, the Oilers right now, they aren't broke, but I don't think Corey Perry breaks them. But we'll see if he could just give them an uplift that they need. They definitely needed some more toughness. So hopefully that that's what they added with him. Yeah, and, and helping the bottom six. And I totally understand the angle of like, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it's not like this is a trade that sacrifices someone from the room or anything yeah. like that. Like they had to wave Adam Ernie. Who cares about waving Adam Ernie, right? <laughs> I, it's, hey, he's a solid player. I played against him in men's league this summer. He's pretty good. I want to battle though against him in the corner, so maybe they should have cut him. Well, there, 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 there you have it, Johnny. There you have it. Uh, you can't beat me. Then what's he doing in the NHL? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but the Oilers are absolutely red hot. AB, flash up the uh, Western Conference standings again. I, I'm interested for your take on this, Colby, and kind of where you think the how or Colby, Jesus, Kyle, John. you just called me Colby. I was going to say I wasn't going to call you out on it, but damn. Oh, that's <laughs> a low blow. Uh, anyways, Johnny. How high do you think the Oilers can climb here? Like we see six points back of Vegas with four games in hand on them. They're still 13 back of the Canucks. I don't think they can get this high, but I I guess what I'm looking for, do you have the Oilers in the elite tier of the West or are they still a rung below maybe those teams in the central and a team like Vancouver? Man, I don't care what anyone says. Like the Oilers are as elite as every other team in the NHL. Like I don't care how you start. It's how you finish and how you progress throughout the year. They were my pick to win the Stanley Cup before the season started. I haven't really wavered on that. I mean, there was, you know, a point in, in time a couple months ago, probably back in November, where I was a little bit worried about it. But this is a long season. And, uh, you know, we're only halfway there now. And you look at what the Oilers have done over the last month, maybe six weeks. And, you know, I don't even think they've reached their peak yet. So I think this team's very dangerous. There's no reason to believe they can't even go on to win the division. Like the Canucks could have a, you know, they, they might be able to slow down here. Who knows? I think just as the year progresses, like injuries happen, guys get tired. Um, you know, certain things just happen throughout an NHL season where you, you really never know. Um, and, and it's hard to write a team off. And I've made the joke before, but like, I mean, it is true. Like every team that has a shit start just compares themselves to the 2019 blues, but like they did it. So why can't the Oilers, you know? Um, and it's such a cliche thing to say. And it's so cheesy. And I hate it, but this Edmonton team has just as much, if not more skill than that Oilers team or that blues team, excuse me, had. So, um, you know, I, I think there's no reason to believe why they can't do it. But what have you seen that's kind of stood out for you from the Oilers from this 13 game streak? I mean, one name, one name only, Zach Hyman. What that guy has done, I mean, is, is, is that not it, right? Like, also, their goaltending and, and defense is obviously cleaned up um, as opposed to how they started. But what Zach Hyman's doing right now, I mean, not only does he score goals, but everything else that he provides, like, that's a guy I think every team in the NHL would want in your roster. I, I mean, he plays with like a chip on his shoulder for some reason. I mean, he, he's, he's never really been disrespected, I feel like, but he, he plays in a way that makes it seem like he has been. And, uh, you know, I, I love the way he plays. I love the way he talks to the media. He seems just like a super positive guy. Um, and even when things were bad in Edmonton, I feel like he was someone that was speaking out and like, you know, being accountable and, and believing in the group as well. So having a guy like Zach Hyman step up and what was he at 28 goals right now? Yeah. Yep. 
like if, if he, there's no doubt he's putting up 40, maybe even 50, who knows, but um, you know, having a guy like that step up and not have to rely on Connor McDavid and not have to rely on Leon Dreisaitl to score all the goals, I think is huge. And then you look on the back end, Evan Bouchard's another guy who's like really stepped up here lately. And, you know, I think there was a lot of hype on him last year and, and how he performed, but this year, you know, he needed to take a big step on the back end. He has, he's produced at a point in game pace. Um, and then Stuart Skinner obviously is, you know, I think what, uh, has real has been the real 180, right? You know, the Oilers couldn't get a save in the beginning of the year, and now they're getting some solid goaltending. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, off the top of my head, those are probably the couple of things that stand out most. But what Zach Hyman's doing just to take the pressure off of the bigger guys, I think, is huge. Let's go out east to the other big news from the weekend. I was stunned when this one happened. It's one of those comes out of nowhere because only God and Lou Lamorello know what goes on <laughs> in that Islanders front office. But it's uh, Lane Lambert out. Patrick Waugh behind the bench of an NHL team again. Uh, you're out in that neck of the woods there. What did you make of that swap and uh, Patrick Waugh taking over for the Islanders? Yeah, I think everyone saw Lane Lambert getting fired. Um, you know, I don't think that came as a surprise. Just the name that they brought in was probably the bigger surprise of it. Like Patrick Waugh is a name that uh, it hasn't really been floated around. But like you said, Tyler, not much has been floated around with the Islanders because everything is kind of on the down low. So it's tough to say who they would have went after. Um, when you think about it though, it does make sense. And listen, this is an Islander group that went to back-to-back conference finals not too long ago. They've had, you know, a, a pretty set in stone identity over the last probably five to ten years. You know, that fourth line, best fourth line in the NHL. Everyone loves to talk about it. Uh, the fans are all over you. Like the home rink is such a tough place to play in, a difficult environment to play in. And the Islanders are a team that's in your face. They don't allow much. They won't score a lot, but they won't give up a lot. But this year, they've lost that. You know, their power play has been clicking, which has been a huge issue for them over the past couple of years. But even though they're scoring goals this year, they haven't been able to keep pucks out of their own net. So they were this weird, like, are they good? Are they bad? What are they? And I think this recent road trip just it sucked the life out of them. And when you lose the Blackhawks without Connor Bedard and get one point on a road trip, uh, you know, it's pretty deflating. So they had to make a move. They had to bring in a guy that can just restore the pride in that logo because let's face it, the Islanders are an organization that people love to shit on, but they're a proud organization. They are. And, and they care about winning. They care about their fans. They listen to their fans. And when we spoke to Thomas Hickey today, like, Hickey went to the Islanders organization in 2012, 2013. And you look at what's been done in that organization since then. They've built a new rink. They've brought in free agents. They've signed players. They've traded for players. They're, they're trying to, you know, bring a winter classic to Long Island. Um, they're, they're doing all the right things to make their fans happy and make players want to come here. So to bring up a guy like Patrick Waugh with his pedigree and his overall personality is to me just like a perfect fit. And I think hopefully for the NHL it works out because it, it's, it's more fun to have the Islanders be good. I think in, in my opinion, but I'm, I'm a local guy. So maybe a little bit biased. I uh, just want to pick your brain. Like we talked about the Western conference playoff run out East. I mean, it, it's probably more fascinating. Like in the West, it's a bunch of teams fighting for one spot. You look out East and it's like, okay, there's the two wild guard spots. Honestly, that third spot in the Metro, who knows if the flyers, they could easily hit a skid where they lose like eight of 10 and, and fall back to the rest of the pack here. Is there one team that you think is really primed for a second half surge out of Islanders, devils, penguins, lightning caps, red wings, flyers, like all those teams in that big mush there. I mean, part of me wants to stick to the bit that I've had all year and say the Ottawa Senators because I thought they'd really be a playoff team this year. I really did. Like, you look at that top six, like their group of forwards is nasty. It makes no sense why they suck as much as they do. Like, I, I really don't get it. Maybe it's the goaltending. Um, but 
for me, like I'm going to the Devils Vegas game tonight, and I'm very curious to see how the Devils look in person. I haven't watched a game in person yet, so uh, like you know, when you watch hockey on TV and it's not your team, yeah, you pay attention, but you're not fully locked in at what all the issues are. So like tonight, I'm curious to see what the Devils look like under Lindy Ruff, and like he might be a guy that's on the hot seat too. You know, this is a team that had a lot of hype going into this season after you know a pretty magical run last year. They set franchise records. Jack Hughes. You know, becomes a bona fide superstar in the NHL. And this year he's had a ton of injury issues, but they bring in a guy like Tyler Toffoli. They signed Timo Meyer. Um, you know, you think they're just poised for something big and it's been a pretty big disappointment this year. But, you know, like I said earlier, there's a lot of hockey to be played. And the Devils, if I'm looking for one team to really turn around in the second half, I think they've got to be the sexiest one just because of what they did last year. I mean, you could sit here and say Buffalo too, but I just, I, I think they're just way too inconsistent. You know, and I don't know if I trust those big guns, but for me, it's New Jersey. And uh, I'm excited to see what they bring tonight against Vegas, even though Vegas also has had a little bit of injury problems here lately. Yeah, Vegas is definitely, I mean, they've just rattled off three in a row, but they desperately needed to rattle off three in a row. Johnny, as always, man, appreciate your time. 7 a.m. Mountain for everyone watching this show right now. If you want to hear more from Johnny and Colby with Morning Cup of Hockey, thanks for doing this. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. See you later. Stay warm. Stay warm. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah that sucks it's a, it's a big blow to the day yeah I've never had it happen to me so I wouldn't know planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with Quince Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options buttery soft Italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Johnny Lazarus on the star mechanical guest line, Edmonton's number one plumbing and heating company. If Johnny was an Edmonton star mechanical, they'd be there. They'd go get them fixed right up. You'd be having a hot shower right now. Uh, find out more. Starmechanical.ca if you need to schedule an appointment. Let them help keep your home running smoothly this winter and even this summer. There's a big quote from Holland on Corey Perry signing. Would you like me to read it or would you like to read it? Because Who you're a better it? reader than me. Who tweeted it? Zach tweeted it. It's a big one. It's a big one. Um, all right. Let me uh, just. I'll read the first part once you find it because yeah. that should be easy enough. When Chicago terminated his contract earlier this year, at some point 
in time after that, I reached out to his agent, Pat Morris, to find out what was going on. Over the course of the last few weeks, I've done due diligence to get to this point. I've talked to Bill Daly. I know, I know that at Corey's request, he reached out to the commissioner, Batman, and Bill Daly, and Corey and his agent went to meet together in person so that Corey could tell the commissioner, Commissioner Batman, and Bill Daly as to why his contract was terminated in Chicago. Interesting. He goes on to add that he talked to Bill Daly, Kyle Davidson, Jeff Jackson, uh, Coach Knobloch, other people in the organization. He adds, ultimately, in talking with Perry and talking to Pat, the things Corey has gone through the last two months to get to this point to make himself a better person, that between the hockey, what whatever he brings to the team, his winning pedigree, and what he's done over the last couple of months to make himself a better person, we felt this was an opportunity to add a player who can make us better on and off the ice. He's a great leader in the playoffs. You think about blue paint goals, greasy goals. That's what Corey stands for. So, I mean, it's not surprising to see that the Oilers did their due diligence on this guy. Yeah. Like, yeah, like you're going to go and make sure there were no issues in the locker room. And by all accounts, that Hawks locker room loved Corey Perry. And I, I don't know if this is hot takey or, you know, reading the wrong things, but there's a part of me and like that Blackhawks organization, they fumbled the Kyle Beach thing. And I think what they looked at here was another off-ice controversy, obviously not to the level of the Kyle Beach yes, thing, sure. but I think they just looked at it and said, we can't even have this floating around. Yeah. And I, on, there's a part of me that goes, if this happened maybe with any other 31 teams in the NHL, maybe it's a little different. It's probably handled a little bit differently. Yeah. Uh, another quote from Corey Perry on being a villain to Oilers fans. Mm, I'm excited for this. <laughs> so Perry on previously being a villain to Oilers fans. It's exciting. This isn't the first team I've been on where I've had battles with other players or whatever. You walk into the dressing room, you say hi, and you get out of the way and move on. I'm excited to get down to work with these guys and put in the work and see where things go. I would be shocked if when asked that question, he didn't have a little grin on his face when he initially answered. So he's, he's just one of those guys. Isn't yeah. I think everybody hates him. Uh, he was asked if he <laughs> felt like he was ever going to play hockey again. When it happened and my contract was terminated, I didn't know where things were going to go. At first, I took care of myself, and that was the front of it. Take care of yourself. Get yourself in a better position and move on from there. Take it day by day. It's been two months, and every day is a step in the right direction, and that's what I'm going to continue to do. So there you go. That's the latest from Corey Perry and uh, some of what he's had to say. If you want to read the quote for yourself, we got it up on the screen. Um, So Johnny Lazarus on the Star Mechanical Guest Line. That was great. Loved uh, getting a take on the Islanders and all of that stuff. Um, Do you want me to address the elephant in the room? That is the tail end of our weekend recap for Greta. I do. The Buffalo Bills just ripped my heart out again. Uh, That stunk big time. I didn't enjoy watching that. But tell everyone where you were when it happened. That's my yeah. favorite part. Well, because I had that a rink is off. I know, yeah. Like the CAC rink is a dud of a place to begin with. And then watching your team lose a playoff game is just oh, oh my god, man. Boy, it, oh they were mm. okay. What was worse? Actually, that's not a question because obviously the kick was worse. Yeah. But seeing the ball go right through Stefan Diggs' hands. That was the well. That was the like, worst moment. Man, like, how do you not catch that? You've been so reliable for so long, and it's back half of the season. Maybe it's like 18 games, right? Mm-hmm. It's cool. done basically yeah, nothing. Yeah, like 50 yards again. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And I just think for a guy that has had so much to say over the years, to miss that big moment is... That's what you're paid to catch. I that think ball. that's worse than Bass, because you look at the Bass kick, and it's not like he shanked it right. The wind caught that thing 
big time yep. and just tuck it. There's only so much the kicker could do in that situation. But like Stefan Diggs, the ball literally went through your hands. That was your fault. But there, I actually don't blame Bass that much. No, Maybe you're different. No, and like the Bass thing is disappointing. But at the end of the day, there was also like Josh missed that throw in the end zone. Yeah, okay. There was there was. <laughs> And Dr. Carby says, I can't stand Josh Allen gets the praise, none of the blame. He gets more blame than he deserves 99% of the time, man. This dude is a top three quarterback in the NFL and people treat him like he's a moron. He's good. And he was great in that football game. And someone said he missed those check down throws late in the game. The last play when it was second and whatever. Nine, I think. Yeah, second and nine. And he threw it to the end zone and Diggs was wide open underneath. He couldn't really see because Chris Jones was there. But if you just check that down to Diggs, Take what the yeah. defense gave you. It's a first down and you're closer and Bass's kick maybe goes through or maybe you score a touchdown and drain more that time off. That guy was also wide open in the end zone. He was. Yeah, he was. And, and Josh to make the throw, but also the digs miss. Trent Sherfield missed two balls that were both like 40, 50 yard gains that Allen put right in his mitts and Sherfield dropped it. So I don't put any of that one on uh, on Did Josh Sherfield Allen. play most of the season? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Like he was there, but it wasn't yeah. like a regular snap count kind of thing. Like, anyways, yeah, the Chiefs win again. I hate it. I saw a picture. You're not gonna like this one, but it was Tom Brady and Philip Rivers, and some. And the caption was, "Tell me this isn't Mahomes versus Allen now." Yeah, I mean, it kind of is. Like, there's no other way around it. Yeah, um, uh, so I did feel bad for you. I thought I was. I was hoping for a victory Monday for the both of us because my lines came through. I'm shout rooting out, for you guys now. Shout out mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield for putting one right down the gun. That was big of you. Um, I don't know if we're going to get much further. I feel like we're playing on borrowed time a little bit here, but I've enjoyed the run. Niners didn't look great. You've got no, a shot. I know. We, a shot. Shot. we have a shot, but it's, I don't know. Green Bay might be playing better football than the Lions right now, mm-hmm. which is good. Bites and kneecaps, Liam. It's going to be tough. I'm excited. I am going to be in Toronto watching that game. I want more of this. That's that's just what I want. <laughs> <laughs> That'll I be me at the on. random bar in Toronto <laughs> on Sunday. You going to pack your jersey? Absolutely. I packed my jersey pack for, the, uh, pack for Jasper this past weekend, too. I just never put it on. Ah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, well, I'm happy for you, big guy. Aaron, and I'm joining Aaron in the heartbreak side of... Uh, yeah, I'd rather but... be me than you right now. I got third overall. Yeah, shit. There's nothing to look forward to for the Bills now. This sucks. Uh, all right, let's get to the menu for our friends at DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners, he had 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 more. All you need to do is download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Nation 25. Uh, we got a new episode of Nation Real Life coming this afternoon. If you haven't listened to the one we dropped over the weekend... It is a freaking doozy. Um, big, big moment revealed. Yeah, you got Chris Chalmers revealed something about his personal hygiene that I just. Is that legit? Uh, yeah, I talked to his wife later. That's the evening. grossest thing I've ever. Heard. His wife was angry. He let that get out to the public that that's, that's his disgusting. teeth brushing <laughs> habits. So um, anyways, we got that coming this afternoon. And then uh, tomorrow it is a game day for the Edmonton Oilers. Short for giant game day. So we'll have our short power sports marine keys to victory. Charm Diamond game notes, all of that good stuff. So that's what you got coming up over the next little bit here. Um, yeah, some of you who are in the chat. It's actually it's so bad. Yeah, Braden says, whoa, whoa, he's married too? Yeah, I mean, to like a public figure and having to do it, which yeah. is hilarious. Uh, you should judge Lance. It's bad. Yeah, yeah it's bad. Yeah. yeah, Lance, you absolutely should judge. But we are results-based business. Uh, it's all for good right now. Mm-hmm. Someone keeps asking us about Adam Boquist, Josh, and I, I don't know if you've watched. No, it. no, he's no. 
and he's not an upgrade. The Columbus Blue, if Columbus wants to get rid of him, and he's like 23, 22, something like that, right? That, I think that's a sign to where he's at in his career. He's not an upgrade on anyone on the others. He makes as much money, just a little bit less, sorry, than Brett, Brett Kulak. Just keep Kulak. I'm good. Yeah. That was my point. Yeah, no, don't bring in a more expensive Philip Broberg. That's, uh, that is not smart at all. Um, all right. We didn't even talk. You and I did after dark on Saturday after the Oilers game. So I feel like that was us giving our recap of the game. If you want to go back and get our thoughts on the BOA win, you can go watch after dark. I, I voted for scrubbing it from the internet. Um, but you did? Yeah, I thought it was that. fine. We were a little unhinged, buddy. No, we wouldn't. I thought it was, I'm just always like that. So it makes no difference. I, I checked in a couple of times and I was like, I know Tyler. What's yeah. in the booster juice? So what? Right uh, we had a couple extra booster juice. <laughs> nothing wrong with that. We had no, a good, good. We had a good time. And it was a double. There was nothing on there that's gonna gonna get us fired. I don't think. Right. Jacob says a very drunk recap. To be fair, I don't think we were drunk. No, we, we were, were fun. Mildly buzzed. I was not drunk. I didn't get drunk that whole night. I yeah, you you looked I fine, Liam. You were fine. I was fine. You didn't get drunk that whole night, Liam. Yeah, Why? I played a little bit of semi-polo. air guitar during Wonderwall. Who doesn't do that? I was bone sober. I, I just have a picture of Liam wearing yeah, a hockey helmet at like two in the morning. <laughs> um, first. But Jasper was a ton of fun. I can't wait to do it again next year. Hopefully we can make it even bigger and better next year with our friends at Betway and Tourism Jasper and Booster Juice. Um, My so, favorite yeah. part, we stayed, and I couldn't believe this, in the same cabin that Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip stayed in. We did. It was incredible. It was amazing. You could, you were just jittery. You, you could feel the it. magic in the walls. I was in there for 10 minutes before anybody told me. I couldn't believe it took you guys. So Liam was going room to room, smelling the bed sheets, trying I, to figure out where she would have slept. <laughs> did you find it? I'm pretty sure she was in the basement <laughs> that we found. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh. great, great stuff of JPL. Lovely. Yeah, that's my favorite. I, I wasn't drunk all night. That picture says otherwise. You can't no, he's even, ready at the ice. You can't he's even see my eyes. How would you know? Uh. We, uh, we, um, we played, people call it a variety of games. We played the Honeycomb game. Honeycomb, right? King Cup. Slap cup. Some people call it, although I think Boom it's a little bit different game. I call, yeah, I call it stack cup. But either stack way, cup, it's yeah. a fantastic game. And um, my girlfriend was unbelievable at that game. At stack cup. It was crazy. Are you missing the five-minute chunk when I, but I probably gonna, stacked her I was four gonna times? Say, but she kicked it off. Yeah. She hit it like four times in a row. But then there was a point where... Me and you were bullying her a little bit and stacked like three times. You would make it first bounce, (laughs) flip it back to me. Boom. To the point where I literally, I had to move the cup. I did it again. I did it four (laughs) times in a row and I had to move it back to the other two. I was like, I got to keep this relationship alive for a little longer. So Mm -hmm. it was, uh, but it was fantastic. Shout out to uh, Tourism Jasper, Mm -hmm. Booster Juice, uh, the Betway gang was there. It was Mm -hmm. fantastic to see them face to face. I miss anybody else. Um, this was also the first time our girlfriends got to hang out. Yeah. And they really, they may have formed a friendship. They may have. And at one point, Liam came up to me and said, we should sabotage this. We already spend enough time together. <laughs> like, the last thing we need is them making plans. The we can't, we can't, we can't start hanging out with each other on like Saturdays and Sundays. We can't be doing brunches. We gotta draw the line somewhere. No, this is a Tyler, I had a question about the final. 
Mm-hmm. Were you guys supposed to play Flames Nation? Yeah, and then we sat with uh, Ryan Pinder in the hot tub at the JPL, and we were like, "Hey, we're supposed to play in like an hour," and it was kind of like, "Are we both good?" And it was like, "Yeah, I, I think we're, uh, I think we're both good." And then, did you let them win? Uh, we played it. We played a game of flip cup for the for the championship, and we lost. Well, and we had a lead. At least too. there was like, competition because I asked Liam yeah. before. I was like, "Did they just give it to him?" As long as there was competition. I don't remember that part. But I was sober. Uh, uh, there you go. Uh, wrapping up the show with our Betway bets. There's a couple of things I really like on the NHL slate this evening. Uh, one is the under between the Hawks and Canucks. The Hawks cannot score. If Thatcher Demko goes for Vancouver, lock in the under. The under's hitting like five or six for the Hawks as well. So, I mean, unless Vancouver puts up seven on their own, I, I think that one's going to fly towards the under. Also, Kyle Connor has six shots in each of his two games since returning from injury. His line is set at three and a half and it's paying plus money still, I believe. So a couple of plays right there for our friends at Betway 19 plus please play responsibly. We had our friends from Betway up. They are uh, based out of London, England. Yeah, that was cool. They were a riot. It's funny because there are only one, like none of them are from London. Well, James is. No, he's from Solihull. How far away is that from London? (laughs) About two hours. He's from London. Okay. He's from England. Okay. And Zena is from Germany. Yeah. And Alex, Alan, Alex sorry, is from Montreal. Yeah. But they had ne- none of them had ever been this far. I took them to the mall on Friday. No way. Um, did, they, did you show them the pirate ship? I had my birthday I showed, party on. I showed, oh, I should have told you. <laughs> I showed them everything. And Zena in her like German accent just kept being like, you people are mad. You're mad. People are mad. Uh, they were pretty blown away about it. Uh, so yeah, it was really fun hosting our friends from Betway over the weekend. That was another great part of this of this whole thing is getting to hang out with them a little bit. They're good people. Yeah. Uh, good it was people. just cool to see a lot of people from across the company too. Yeah. Boomer and Pinda were there. Yeah. Never met them before. Uh, Siebs. Frank. Frank was there. Uh, Jay Rosehill. Nick Alberga, everyone's favorite guest. Yeah, yeah. Nick Alberga uh, was there and he only people. scored one goal. Also, I, uh, I was only there. I wasn't even there for 24 hours, but I'm going to give a shout out to Marketing Maddie. I feel like she provided us all with food. Oh, she was a machine. And drinks and, and that first night. Going. So, the one night I was there anyway. Yeah. Okay, so shout out Maddie. So the first night when we were there, we went and I mean, granted, there was like 20 of us in, in that cabin, 30 of us maybe at some point. So it was a big 40, party that first, but that first night, and we had bought like just north of 200 beers and we had zero left the next morning. We right. drank all the beers. Uh, so Maddie went into town, got us more beers. Oh, really? She had like little sandwiches in the fridge so we could eat. Yeah. Like she's the only reason we survived. She bought Gatorades. It was huge. It was great. It's, it was huge. Uh, that is so clutch. That's it unreal. Cool. It was such a clutch. The yeah, G- she was awesome. The JPL, what a special place. Yeah. I didn't even get to spend, like I didn't do a lot there. I basically came, did our shows and Went home because the roads are not great. No, the but roads weren't good on the way home. But, but um, we all made it home safe and sound. And I'm excited to learn how to play hockey so I can make the team next year. Yeah. When the tryouts start. And we're going to put you and Aaron through a training camp. 364 days till next year's hockey tryouts. <laughs> Got it. Tough enough. <laughs> Liam, but, everyone's asking here about the BCHL. Can you please explain it? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> what I will tell you all is that the crew of a big game on Wednesday against the Camaros Kodiaks. In the AJHL, and then they have another big game on Friday against the Olds Grizzlies in the AJHL. And yesterday's game against the Black Falls Bulldogs, while there was some speculation that it was not an AJHL game, is incorrect. It was an AJHL. So, and them are just the facts. The show goes on, people. But yes, obviously, everyone saw the news, and uh, 
read what you want, but it's uh, going to be cool. All right. That is a wrap on today's edition of the show. Uh, someone said, thanks for the recap. Yeah, no problem. I wish uh, I could do more, but yeah, well, whatever. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, Tuesday's edition of the program. Uh, what are we going to do on Tuesday? Tomorrow. I was sure for Giant Game. So oh, Jay's finally back. Jay will be. We'll just, yeah, we'll shoot Who do the they play tomorrow? Columbus. Lumbo. We'll get a get maybe Chris Osgood will join us for the show. There's no, uh, we don't need to talk about the Blue Jackets. All right. Thanks for tuning in today, everybody. Uh, Boosters YouTube chat, you guys were tremendous. We'll be back tomorrow at noon mountain time. See you then. Thank you for watching Oilers Nation every day. Hit the subscribe button to never miss a show. And for more, visit OilersNation.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.